Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Bay Area Panthers pod. Part of the 95.7 The Game podcast network. Where you'll find analysis, news, notes, and more about the Bay Area Panthers of the Indoor Football League. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Grandy and Evan Giddings. What's going on, everyone? Welcome into episode 13 of the Bay Area Panthers pod. Evan Giddings, Mark Grandy with you as always, coming at you every single week here on the Panthers pod. You can find every single previous episode on the 95.7 The Game podcast network. Mark, the Panthers are coming off another loss this week. The record stands at 1-10. in 10. One and seven in conference play, but perhaps the lowest point after an eighty-three to twenty-one loss at the hands of the Arizona Rattlers at home at the SAP Center. Just simply going to call it what it what it is. It was it was the worst loss of the season. Arizona jumped out to a forty-one to nothing lead midway through the second quarter. Bay Area had some explosive plays, specifically on special teams, with two kickoffs returned for a touchdown, but. You know, with the amount of injuries, the amount of adversity sort of they, they had coming into the game, Joe Newman being out at the quarterback position, a couple of guys on the outside that were new, a couple of guys on defense that had to fill in for some injuries, Rayshon Pringle going down with a season-ending injury, among others. It wasn't a game that I necessarily expected them uh, to walk away with, you know, a, a huge victory against the number one team potentially in the IFL, but... It was a tough one to watch considering how quickly the Rattlers jumped on the Panthers just a week after the Panthers quite possibly had their best performance on the road against Arizona. So, we, you know, we don't have to spend too much time on this. We got a lot of great stuff coming up on the pod later on this episode. But I just want to get your thoughts on a game that was very much forgettable for the Panthers. Yeah, you know, there's hard to really sugarcoat this one. I mean, you lose 83 to 21 at home against a really really good team without your starting quarterback, without maybe you can make the case your best defensive player, your your star cornerback in in Rayshon Pringle. You get the news, you know, midway through the week that your backup running back who they've been talking up a lot, Gabriel Watson, tore a ligament in his left hand warming up, not even like in actual game or practice action, just warming up. You factor all that in, you're playing the best team in the league. You know, some would make the case Frisco is better Northern Arizona right there, but at the very worst, one of the best teams in the league. And you're coming off of a week where you just played them really tight down in their building. 
all that, you know, kind of melds together into this dominant performance for Arizona. And as you mentioned, it, you know, it was a blowout from the jump. It was 21 nothing, uh, 20 nothing with a missed extra point uh, in the first quarter. Um, and then, you know, the Rattlers scored 41 points before the, the Panthers put up their first score. They scored 21 points in the game, but as you mentioned, two of them were on kickoff returns for touchdowns. So only one offensive drive ended in points. Uh, it, it came in, in the second quarter uh, on, uh, on or pardon me, it came in the third quarter on a Dresante Dorton long touchdown pass from, from Vincent Espinosa. But besides that, the offense really struggled. The defense couldn't get a stop. I mean, the Arizona offense is incredible. It, it's hard to hard to blame them, but the defense couldn't get a stop. The offense really struggled, not only just to move the ball, but to, to keep the ball. There were some fumbles. There was interceptions. Uh, it wasn't pretty all the way around, but kind of all those circumstances, you know, pushed in together were this result. 83-21, it, you can't sugarcoat it, like I said at the top, but, you know, you're playing without your starting quarterback. You have a guy who's kind of been in and out of the active roster throughout much of the year. It was an incredibly tall task, the tallest task that this team has faced all year long, no doubt about it in my mind. And, you know, ultimately they they, they fall 83-21. It's nothing that's too terribly surprising given the, you know, where these two teams are going right now in their seasons. Um, and yeah, it was it was just a tough night at SAP Center and uh, it, hard, hard to look at this and you know, we always try to come away with positives, and certainly there are some that we're going to talk about, but it's hard when you just see an opposing team put up 83 points on you. Yeah, I think we described it during the broadcast as just an imperfect storm for, for the Panthers. Uh, that's kind of what it was. Uh, but with a game like that, that is one, at least to me, that I feel like is not difficult to flush because of all the reasons that you just laid out. Yeah. There was a lot of things going against you in that game, a lot of late subtractions in terms of injuries throughout the week that you didn't foresee. And so this is a game where, I mean, I don't even know if you need to go back and watch the tape because there's not a lot that you can learn, especially that you couldn't learn from the week before when you played the exact same team and had a much better effort in which it was a one-score game in the fourth quarter against the Rattlers on the road. This week at home, not the same. There's still two more chances, however, to see your Panthers in person at SAP Center. Next game coming up on July 9th, a 6.05 kickoff there. That's a Saturday. You can find tickets at barryapanthers.com. They're also going to be giving away Marshawn Lynch bobbleheads at that game. So a great opportunity for some family fun. Grab yourself a bobblehead. They already had some that they gave away earlier this season. They look fantastic. They do. They can be a great addition to whatever type of man or woman sports cave you got going on. And so be on the sh be sure to be on the lookout for that. But here on episode 13, I want to take this more, as we've talked about, Mark, in a positive direction. And this is really the first opportunity I think we have to have some sort of interaction with the fans because we've talked about on the podcast throughout the season, we've wanted to get them involved. We wanted to get some more questions. You can tweet at us. I'm at egiddings10 on Twitter. Mark is at Mark Grandy. Mark with a C. Correct. Grandy with an I. And so, with your questions, one of the things that we got throughout this week was, well, can we have some sort of mid-season awards handout? And I thought that was a great idea from one of our fans, because since there's been sort of a tough sled, you know, a 10-game losing streak, not really any way to sugarcoat that, 
But there's still been a lot of positives that have happened, a lot of growth and development that we've seen from this team this season. And so now we have an opportunity here on episode 13 of the Bay Area Panthers pod to discuss some of those early season, mid-season performances, and ones that I think deserve more credit potentially than they get. So, Mark, with that being said, we're going to start right at the top. Most valuable player of the Bay Area Panthers in 2022, who you got? I, you know, spend a lot of time thinking about these, and, and we'll get to the others later, but, you know, there's so many options you can choose on all of these, you know, different midseason awards that we're handing out. Um, and, you know, the one that I chose here for the MVP kind of goes back to what we were just talking about, the big challenge that the Panthers faced this past week because they were playing without him. I'm going Rayshon Pringle. And, you know, you go a defensive player, that's kind of rare for an MVP, but he's been this team's best defensive back. You can certainly make the case the best defensive player. We'll, we'll talk about defensive player of the year coming up in a little bit. You know, maybe Panther fans out there are saying, oh, come on, DJ Calhoun's the best defensive player on the team, and you can certainly make that case. But when you factor in what Rayshon Pringle does on special teams and, and had done, unfortunately, he's out for the year, which makes this season that much more difficult for the Panthers. But you factor in what he did defensively throughout this year. He has 30 tackles in nine games played. No, nothing going to... It's not going to blow you out, out of the water, but for a defensive back, you don't need your guys to be picking up insane amount of tackles. Three interceptions. One of them went for a, a touchdown on a pick six. He's deflected seven passes, broken up seven passes, which leads the team despite not playing in all the games. He also forced and recovered a fumble, and then he has two kickoffs returned for touchdowns, and they happened in back-to-back weeks. And Evan, up to this point, he's the only Panther that received an IFL Player of the Week award. He got the Special Teams Player of the Week a number of weeks ago when he returned to kickoff for a touchdown. So my MVP, uh, unfortunately a guy that's out for the year, but it's Rayshon Pringle. He was phenomenal in the nine games he played. Yeah, to the, I mean, to this point, I definitely cannot argue that and and maybe even foreshadows one of our, our future selections uh. or my future selection. But you mentioned a name earlier in your soliloquy that is my personal pick for most valuable player, and it is DJ Calhoun. Two defensive players for MVP? How about that? It's interesting considering the Panthers and, and their points per game on the defensive side of the ball, but as we've laid out throughout both the podcast and the broadcast this season, you really need to be good in all three phases to not give up a ton of points, as well as to score a lot of points. And so I think some of the... I mean, we, we saw it this week against Arizona. The defense was out there, and it was... One, two plays from the offense, they're out quickly. They didn't have a lot of time to rest. And so in a lot of positions, I think they've been put in a disadvantageous spot, Mm -hmm. sometimes whether it be by the special teams, by the offense, or sometimes their own play. But the one constant to me... And maybe the the only difference here between a Pringle and a Calhoun is the fact that, that Pringle's been hurt and has missed one more game to this point than D.J. Calhoun. But through his 10 games... I mean, he's been one of the best defensive players, especially in terms of wrapping up and tackling in the entire IFL. 77 tackles, that's 7.7 per game. He leads the team, or is second on the team, pardon me, in terms of tackles for loss at five. He has an interception, a couple of pass breakups, 44 solo tackles from DJ Calhoun. And he's a guy that not only contributes as the, you know, kind of the mic, the leader on the defense at the linebacking position. So he's got to put everyone in their place defensively. We've also seen him come up with big plays on special teams as a lead blocker, as a tackler. 
and also even on offense. He's coming yeah. as a fullback in sort of that that truck package that Kurt Bryan has been looking to feature throughout the season where he's at the front of the line. Like he's the first guy to get through the offensive line to try and make a block. So he does, in my opinion, contribute in all three phases. And that to me is what makes him the most valuable player on the Bay Area Panthers and hopefully can continue to do so moving forward because as we've discussed, injuries have really hurt this team's chances at putting together their best effort. They've only probably had, I think, three or four games you could look at and say they have as close to you know their 100% roster as possible. And DJ Calhoun is a big part of that, having played 10 games this year. Yeah, only missed one game, and there's kind of been somewhat of a revolving door at linebacker next to him, and Jeffrey Allison's been good, but he's been hurt recently uh, the last couple of weeks. Clayton Glasgow was added to the roster, and, and he's been good since he was added to the roster. But as you mentioned, just one game missed. Uh, for DJ Calhoun, he has been the main constant in the middle of the defense, but in the defense, you know, in general, we talked a lot on the pod earlier in the year, all the injuries up front to the down lineman, Evan. Um, and, you know, the guy who's been tasked with maybe taking on more of that role, you know, stopping the run has been DJ Calhoun. Um, so I can't argue with that pick either. He's been great. And again, we'll get through a couple of these. We may sort of flip our our picks depending on how we view these players. But we also want to hear from you, too. So, you know, feel free to tweet at us, tweet at the Panthers. If you have your own midseason awards list, please feel free to send us messages, DMs. Just find a way to let us know. Tell us why we're wrong. (laughs) Or why we're right, Mark. I mean, come on. If you have a differing opinion, come on. Why we're right, why we're wrong. We just want to hear from you. We we, We know that the Panthers fans are out there, especially in force. And with the way that we've seen the crowds the last couple of home games, we know that this is a growing fan base, and we want to make sure that you're as involved as possible. And this is honestly the best medium for us here on the podcast, and this is episode 13. We're going to be keeping it going all season long. So we want to hear from you, whether it be on Twitter, uh, any way you can get at us. So moving on, we have our MVP. Mark, for him, it's Rayshon Pringle. For me, it's DJ Calhoun. Now we'll go to the offensive side of the ball, the offensive player of the year. Drum roll, please. Mark, who you got? I'm going Dwayne Gary. I feel like that might be a popular pick, uh, you know, based on your reaction. I think you might have the same one. We'll get to that in a second. But, I mean, Dwayne Gary, he's just been constant since he kind of took over the lead back role. He wasn't expected to be, you know, the lead back, at least in our eyes, from what we could tell, you know, in, in camp preseason and the first couple of games of the year but he's uh, you know rushed the ball 88 times this year 318 yards 3.6 yards per carry but 10 touchdowns he's averaging a little over 31 yards per game um which again it's it those aren't numbers that absolutely jump off the page but given that you know this offense has struggled at times think think back to just uh, on Saturday when the offense scored just one touchdown uh, in the game, two, two special teams touchdowns, but one offensive touchdown. Uh, I mean, Dwayne Gary didn't get the touchdown last week on offense. It was a pass to Dresante Dorton, but Gary has been that constant offensively. I mentioned those 10 touchdowns. That's 13th best in the league, and a lot of the guys ahead of him are kind of those dual-threat quarterbacks. Daquan Neal of Tucson, uh, Drew Powell, who we just saw back-to-back weeks of Arizona, Kayla Barker of Northern Arizona, Ramon Atkins of Duke City, they're all ahead of him in touchdown rushes. 
So if you were going off of only running backs, I mean, Dwayne Gary is top 10 in terms of touchdowns. So uh, I think it's pretty clear in my mind, Dwayne Gary is your offensive player of the year to this point for the Bay Area Panthers. We've seen, you know, good quarterback play at times, whether it's dating back to the early part of the year with Corey Murphy, more recently with Joe Newman. We've seen each of them kind of develop different chemistries with their wide receivers, but I don't think anyone has been as consistent as Dwayne Gary. I'm with you. And the only reason why a quarterback isn't in this category is because they just haven't been able I mean, to play as many consecutive games to this point. Newman, finally, after Corey Murphy uh, was let go about a month ago, has had a chance to get three games in a row. But then, you know, he unfortunately goes down with a foot injury and couldn't play last week against Arizona. Uh, We are hopeful that he will play this upcoming weekend for the Panthers. It was supposed to be kind of a minor setback in terms of his foot. We saw him out there moving despite being in a boot over the weekend against the Rattlers. So hopefully he can be on the field as soon as possible moving forward because... I think if he did have the opportunity to start as the number one at the beginning of the season, granted Murphy at the time beat him out, Newman is probably a guy that is at the front of this category. And since you went with Dwayne Gary, you went with the run game, and that's been the Bay Area Panthers' MO all year. We want to put the ball on the ground, and Dwayne Gary has been the lead back for them. I'm going to pivot a little bit here. Okay. And I think that the offensive player, to me, this season so far has been Daniel Crowell Jr. Because when I've seen the Bay Area Panthers at their best, now granted, this is a lot of what Gary kind of helps with because when you have to focus on such a a singular force as Gary, it opens things up. But when the Panthers, to me, have, have been at their best offensively, when they've been putting up points, when they've been able to put forth their best foot against top-tier opponents like Arizona, like Northern Arizona, it's been because there's been a number one wide receiver on the field. And I know Cameron Pleasant has the most scores to this point this season. He's been the, I guess you could say, the most explosive player on the outside. Crowell, to me, has been the most consistent as a safety blanket offensively for no matter which quarterback has been on the field. Joe Newman has developed a nice chemistry with him, did so over the previous couple weeks before he was out. Uh, Espinoza didn't get to him too much, but Corey Murphy really used Crowell Jr. a lot in that intermediary part of the field. And right now, with with six touchdowns, that currently leads the wide receiving core for the Panthers. You know, I'm looking at 296 yards, 25 catches, which which leads the team. Like, he's not necessarily a, a sexy pick, but he's a guy that, to me, unlocks this offense as a whole. And so that that's why to me he's the offensive player because when he's at his best, when he's open, this Panthers offense to me runs very smoothly. Yeah, and I think you you look back kind of at his performances recently and I think that you know that backs it up. You know, two catches, 29 yards this last week, but that's without his starting quarterback. You go back to the first game against Arizona, the 29th of May when he last played with Joe Newman. Five catches, 71 yards, two touchdowns. That's star receiver numbers right there. So very good pick, Daniel Crowell Jr. Moving on to the defensive player of the year. I do want to go first here because you you, you took my guy at the top as far as the MVP, and I totally understand why Rayshon Pringle would be your most valuable player. But to me, the only difference between him and a Calhoun is I, I really do see him as a shutdown corner. And that's why it was so unfortunate when we got the news that he was out for the season uh, with, with a break you know, in his in his lower body and just what he does 
especially on the defensive side. Like I thought he was just coming into his own as a potential number one shutdown guy on the outside, which the Panthers really have needed this year. Like we knew that coming into the season, he had four two speed. He had worked out for NFL teams in recent years. And so there were kind of some expectations behind him, but we didn't necessarily get to see that in the first few weeks as he was getting settled. Now, over the previous month, month and a half before he got hurt, I thought that he was one of the better defensive players, not only on the team, but in the IFL. Like He, he really found a way to just be stuck on a man, travel around the field with the number one receiver. I think he's a big reason why, you know, against the Duke City Dello Davis didn't necessarily get going. Against the Northern Arizona, Quentin Randolph had a, a big game, but not in comparison to his previous performances. Seven touchdowns. He, he did not have seven <laughs> touchdowns against the Panthers. And Rayshon Pringle essentially cut that number in half, if not more. So to me, there, there's a huge luxury in being able to just put a cornerback on a top-tier wide receiver, especially in this league where passing has been a big focal point for opposing offenses Rayshon Pringle is my defensive player of the year. That's a good pick. I do have a question, though, because, okay, so you picked DJ Calhoun as your MVP mm-hmm. and Rayshon Pringle as your defensive player of the year. So is it what was what Calhoun did, has done on special teams and, you know, running the ball, you know, lead blocking? Is that enough to make him the MVP that kind of pushes him over the top of... Because I'm just... There are, you know, people listen to the pod. They're going to be like, oh, my God, how did Evan Giddings choose DJ Calhoun as the MVP, but not the defensive player of the year, you know? So to me, Calhoun, and and maybe I didn't do him justice the first time I mentioned it, not only contributes in all three phases, but he's also a captain of the team. And Mm -hmm. so I think he embodies a lot of what they want to do off the field as well as on it. And that, to me, makes him more valuable because... You know, we, we've heard stories about this guy in practice bringing people together, riling them up before games. He's the guy in the That's middle of the huddle on defense as well as on the sidelines that is trying to get guys going. And so to me, he adds more value. Like his intangibles to me are I a see. little bit more so on, on the most valuable side. He's a, he's a fantastic defensive player. And I hear what you're saying. I hear what the people might be saying back. But to me, there's a slight difference there uh, where Pringle, I see, as more of a pure defensive player I like that. than DJ Calhoun. That's a good point. I'm just mostly curious because I went the opposite way. I had Pringle as the MVP, <laughs> and then I had Calhoun as the defensive player of the year. And my my you know line of thought was, well, what Pringle adds special teams-wise sure. with those two kickoff returns for touchdowns... That's a fantastic point. ...is enough to make him the overall team MVP... But if you just focus on the defensive side of the ball, I thought DJ Calhoun has that slight edge. Kind of what you were talking about, the captain of the defense, you know, he's the guy in the middle of the huddle getting the call out. He's the guy pointing around, make sure you get that receiver, make sure you get that guy. Maybe I'm the fourth blitzer, all that sort of thing. But, you know, I mean, two fantastic players can't really have too much of an issue either way. So DJ Calhoun is my defensive player of the year. I like that. I like that. And again, it's and apples and oranges at this point. Like Both of these guys have been so fantastic, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But that's also the beauty of the IFL, and I think why we get to have these conversations is because guys, out of whether you would be skill set or just pure necessity from having 21 men available on game day, like they have to do multiple things. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we're, we're kind of cutting hairs here and getting into the semantics, but that that's why both Calhoun as well as Pringle 
are sort of interchangeable, not only on the field, but it sounds like literally in this midseason awards list. Yeah, and you know, who knows? Maybe one of their names, both of their names will come pop up later on. Who knows? I mean, we still got a couple of awards to hand out. That's so. true. That's true. And we're going to get into maybe some less common awards here because I, I, I think that with the way this season is gone, there's been a lot of bodies coming in and out of the team, some due to injury, some due to performance. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And so I want to look at an award that I'll call just called the biggest surprise of this season. Like the guy that you, at the beginning of the season, not that you didn't know about, but didn't necessarily expect much and has taken the biggest jump this year. Who, to you, Mark, has been the most surprising player? I'm not sure if this is going to be a popular pick or not, but I'm going to go with Joe Newman at quarterback because, you know, com- coming into the year, you know, he's he's the rookie. Uh, you know, he played professional football, but in Germany, uh, this is his first year playing professional football in the United States, first year in the IFL. And, you know, we talked to the coaching staff, including head coach Kurt Bryan, in the preseason during camp. And, you know, he made sure to tell us Corey Murphy is our team's present. He's our starting quarterback right now. But Joe Newman is our future. And, you know, the future arrived quicker than I expected. I, You know, I'm not sure how much I expected to see from Joe Newman this year, considering what we saw from Corey Murphy in the IFL last year when he was with the Tucson Sugar Skulls. I mean, he came in midseason last year for Tucson and and played pretty well. So I, I think coming into the year, was expecting Corey Murphy, you know, maybe not to play at, you know, a superstar level, you know, maybe not lead this team to 10 wins or, or whatever the number might be. But I was expecting him to play good enough that we were not going to see much of Joe Newman. But pretty early on, you could tell that was not going to be true because Joe Newman got run in just about every game of the year before he eventually eventually became the starting quarterback. And, you know, he's had some growing pains. But as we've talked about over the last couple of weeks on the pod, Evan, I think we've seen him improve from game to game to game. 
you know, Coach Kurt Bryan told us, you know, a few weeks ago now, the game is, you know, finally starting to slow down for him. I think we've seen that his last game played. Unfortunately, he missed this last week. Maybe it was his best game two weeks ago, 6-10, 85 yards, a couple of touchdowns, no interceptions, ran the ball a few times as well, always has explosive plays in the running game. So my most surprising player is Joe Newman. Whether or not that's fair, I don't know. It's mostly because just my expectations were I didn't think he was going to play that much this year. And once he started playing, you could see how much better he's gotten. No, I'm right there with you. He was supposed to be the future, but quickly became the present. So based on the expectations at the beginning of the year, he has absolutely taken a huge leap. And I don't mean this in a, in a in a disrespectful term, but one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about the biggest surprise is because to me, quite literally, the biggest surprise has been the biggest man on defense to me, and that is Jeffrey Allison. Like, I did not expect this dude to be not only as athletic as he is, as important as he is, but just as good as he's been consistently when he's been on the field. I know he's missed a few games, as have a lot of Panthers players, but in eight games... He's got 48 tackles, three and a half for a loss. We've seen him. We've seen him pick one up and run it back. Like he is, he he just embodies the definition of surprise to me, and that's probably one of the reasons you know why he finds himself in the thick of this roster because he has had to work for every single opportunity, whether it be at Fresno State in college or now in the IFL. Like Jeffrey Allison, I think it's written off by a lot of people just because of his stature. He's about six foot. 240, 250 pounds. He, he's in a lot of ways kind of a tweener as a defensive player. He can play up front of the line because he's big enough, but he's also fast enough to play at the kind of joker or hybrid position that we've highlighted this season. And that's where he has been used very well by the defense coordinator, Derek Shashere, and I think he's been allowed to shine in that position. And so for me, Jeffrey Allison, he was a blip on the radar when, when we were coming yeah. into camp, and I really didn't hear much about him except for a few stories about him in college and, and the impact he had as a Fresno State Bulldog. But now here with the team, he always just kind of is around the football. I mean, in game one, he made yep. potentially the biggest play of the game on a fourth down stop, getting sideline to sideline and stopping a dual-threat quarterback in his tracks. He's a big hitter, he's fast, and he doesn't really pass the eye test. So quite literally, he's been the biggest surprise to me, but also I think with his play and where I saw him at the beginning of this year, he surprised me the most. That's a good pick. I like that. I was going to bring up that play game one against San Diego where he met, you know, the quarterback at the line to gain and, and, you know, physically hit him into the wall, kept him short by a first down by matter of inches. And and that ultimately helped win the game for the Panthers. I really like that pick. I do want to give a quick honorable mention for most surprising uh, Nicholas Brazel, because I think when I was coming into the year, I was expecting to see him perhaps a little bit more on offense as a receiver. You know, he was you know a, a really good wide receiver at Ole Miss. Afor- unfortunately, ran into some academic issues, had to leave the program before coming back and and leaving again. He did play defensive back in the past in the IFL uh, for a couple of different teams, but I thought maybe we'd see him a bit offensively and we haven't really seen that no offensive stats to this point and he's turned into a really good corner for this team I mean there's been some injuries we talk now with Rayshon Pringle going down uh Brazel has you know kind of been forced to step into that lead defensive back role 
And, you know, for me personally, that's not really what I was expecting was in his future this season. So I, I think in that regard, it's been pretty surprising as well. No, I'm, I'm right there with you. That is, a, that is a good honorable mention as well. There's been a lot of players that have been forced into different positions than they were maybe expecting to be entering the season as Brazel is, is certainly one of those. All right, moving on here. And this is yeah, per, perhaps the, the least sexy award that we're going to give out. But the player who has surprised you the least, like from the beginning of the season, expectations to now who has been kind of the steady eddy of this group for you mark well probably you know at the dangerous sounding like a broken record i'm gonna say dj calhoun um you know he's the guy it's easy to just look at where a guy went to school and be like all right he's got to be you know kind of the leader of this team but he's a power five guy from arizona state who was really good as a sun devil um you know he was incredible as a freshman at Arizona State. He was an All-American by the Football Writers Association of America. He was a Pac-12 honorable mention as a senior back in 2017. He was signed by the Browns as an undrafted free agent after the 2018 NFL draft. Didn't ever play in the NFL, but he's one of the guys on this roster that excelled at a Power 5 college, a higher level of competition than most on this roster played against. Uh, He, you know, had... You know, a cup of coffee with some NFL teams. So I think coming into the year, I, along with the coaching staff, I'm sure you as well, and and many of the fans were expecting DJ Calhoun to be the leader of the defense, and he certainly has been that. So in that regard, purely a compliment. He's been the least surprising for me because he's been everything that I expected. He's definitely lived up to expectations, as has the guy for me. And this might be a little bit out of left field, but the least surprising player on the roster to me has been Stevie Arteague. Oh, like it's been, how about that? I know, I know kickers don't get a lot of love, but you know, we heard a lot of great things in camp from special teams coach John Schaefer about our Teague. He's been available for every game. I know it, the, the, the game is not as demanding from a kicker, uh, physically speaking, but he's just kind of been the most consistent guy there, and I sort of expected him to be that. We've seen some improvement as far as uh, maybe the, the strategies from a kicking perspective in the IFL because... For example, on kickoffs, you really have three different options of how you can approach. You can send an end-over-end, a pretty normal kick. You can try and squib it on a line, or you can try and squib it down to the ground. He's improved in those areas and kind of the, the nuances of the IFL. But to me, you know, he you throw him out on PAT, he's going to knock it home. Um, anything within, you know, the 25 to 20 yard range, he's been pretty consistent this season. You know, we, we had heard that he had a big leg and maybe hasn't had the chance to utilize that as much just because scores have been what they are. But to me, whenever I see Stevie Arteague on the field, I, I can kind of look down on my notes or do something else because I know <laughs> what I'm going to get. So for me, it, it may be a little bit uh, strange, you know, against the grain, so to speak, but Stevie Arteague is the least surprising player for me. I like it. And you think back uh, way back to when we first met the team, Evan, at you know media day in the preseason, Stevie Arteague was the first guy to come up to us and introduce himself. So you remember that way back when? I do, yeah. and he had the same demeanor then as he appears to have now, which is very even keel, very mellow. Whether he misses a five-yard kick or makes a 55-yard kick, he's the same dude. So shout-out Stevie Arteague. Uh, one honorable mention, you kind of got me on this train of thought, maybe the guys that don't quite get the love they deserve. I'm going offensive line. Honorable mention for least surprising, Adam Sheffield, a big leader on this team. I think missed a game, maybe two throughout the season. 
Um, but he's been really good this year. He's a native guy from San Jose, California. Went to school in in uh, South Dakota in Sioux Falls. Um, but he's been really good and, and, you know, one of the leaders of the team. You always need that guy on the offensive line that's willing to do the dirty work and is there for you consistently and uh, Adam Sheffield is, so I, I felt like we had to give him a shout-out as no, well. No, no doubt, and uh, I think the couple games that he missed were for some personal issues. It wasn't anything injury-related. Like He's been out there on the field yeah. almost every single game, and that's really all you can ask for from an offensive lineman that has had to not only you know, be out there and be the rock and be one of the captains up front, but he's also had to move around positions too with how many different, you know, forms on the offensive line and how many different rotations they've had. Yeah, and I think since Jeremy Hickey was signed uh, by the Ottawa Red Blacks in the CFL, the Canadian Football League, you know, I kind of felt like him and Jeremy Hickey were kind of like the co-captains of the offensive line, you know, the guys who were expected to be the leaders. And since uh, you know, unfortunately, Hickey left. I mean, unfortunate for the Panthers, very good for Hickey. Uh, kind of more of that responsibility has fallen on Adam Sheffield, and he's done a good job. I'm, I'm with you right there, 100% of the way. All right, we're going to wrap up episode 13 of the Barry Panthers pod with the best performance this season. From week one, now it's a week, you know, 13 for the Panthers upcoming. What has been the best game from an individual? We've listed a bunch of names of guys that have had great seasons for different reasons. MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, biggest and least surprising players on this roster this season. But if you had to whittle it down, if you had to focus on one game and one player, what has been the most important, what has been the best performance for you, Mark, of this season? Well, I, th- I think it's interesting because you could go, you know, a number of different ways. Obviously, you know, you think of best performance and generally, generally you might think, okay, well, what, who was the best performer in a team's win this year? And, you know, the Panthers won win on the season, so it would kind of limit your choices that, that first game of the year against San Diego. And I think you could certainly go there. A number of players had really good games. I'm going to kind of go off script a little bit in, in, in a loss. I think it was Rayshon Pringle uh, back when he had that pick six against the Northern Arizona Wranglers on the, the 1st of May, just over a month ago. You love yourself some Pringle, man. I love myself some Rayshon Pringle. He's been so good <laughs> this year. Uh, unfortunate, again, that, that he's out with an injury. Um, but in that game, he had four tackles, you know, playing really good in the corner spot and and had a phenomenal pick six from beyond midfield. The pick six happened in the fourth quarter when the game was kind of teetering on a blowout. It gave the Panthers hope for a moment. Unfortunately, that was the last score the Panthers uh, did get in that game. But it was a great play by Pringle, a a comeback route on the right side. The throw from Caleb Barker was just a little bit late. Pringle jumped the route with that quick speed you were talking about. And no one was going to catch him down the sideline. He scored easily. He could have walked into the end zone if he wanted to. Um, That may be one of the best singular individual plays we've seen from any Panther so far this year. And you factor in, you know, what else he did in that game against a very, very good passing offense in Northern Arizona. Quentin Randolph, you know, we've talked about it already. Phenomenal. Uh, as a wide receiver for Northern Arizona, they have a number of others, Glenn Gibbons and Ulysses Gillard. They have so many weapons. Rayshon Pringle, the fact that he was able to get a pick six in a game like that, I think uh, speaks wonders. So uh, Rayshon Pringle, uh, that week, the, the first of May against Northern Arizona, that is my uh, performance of the year. I can't knock it, but I am going to be a little more traditional and go back to the one win that they've had this season in week one. 
And I know it's sort of tough to pick out players, but something you said about this particular guy as your most surprising player mm. stood out to me because with the expectations of Joe Newman entering week one, he was the number two quarterback, he was the backup. We knew he was going to play, but we weren't sure what kind of role he was going to have. And to me, his performance in that game, he led the led the Panthers with 70-plus yards on the ground, had two very important touchdowns in the second half at a point when the Panthers were down 11, 27-16, early third quarter, and he gets an opportunity to come out of the half and orchestrate the offense, leads them down the field on his two drives, scores both times, both on the ground. And so for me, that was something where the Panthers love to run the ball. They love to, to you know, try and impose their will with the running game. And we didn't know who was really going to be that main running back after the first half of that game. Joe Newman said, I'm going to do it myself. And he brought them back into the game, brought them to a point that where Corey Murphy could lead on the final drive and take them in and score before the defense had a fantastic you know, final play at the goal line stand to, to punctuate that 38-33 to, to win. But Newman, to me, was that was the best that I've seen him. And at the most important position, I feel like was the best performance that the Panthers have had this season. Maybe didn't get to finish the game, didn't get to be the exclamation point of the lone win they've had this season, but he was the most important guy to me in that game. And also foreshadowed, I think, some of the things that we now have become accustomed to having seen him in the starting role. And so that was a big, big game for me. Obviously the one win this year, but a very impressed, uh, I was very impressed with Joe Newman, and that is my number one performance this Good season. pick. I like it. Yeah, interesting. I'm, you know, looking back through the box score of that game, I didn't remember that the, the Panthers had four rushing touchdowns in that game. They were all by quarterbacks. Corey Murphy had two and, and Joe Newman had two. I knew Joe Newman got in the game, but I forgot that he got in the end zone uh, twice, twice in that one. So good pick. I like it. That was also the first time we saw how electric he was. Like, I know in practice they were... You know, media day, they brought them out and scrimmaged the team, but yeah. they didn't really get to let them loose. Like Joe Newman, when he's improvising, is just... Ugh. First time you see that spin move. And you're like, oh. he, he's incredible. He's incredible, man. But that, that, that'll wrap up our mid-season awards episode here on episode 13 of the Barry Panthers pod. You know, if you have any comments, any questions, any anything you want to add for a future episode or response to this one, like Mark said... If you think we're wrong, tell us where. If you think we're right, we appreciate all the love as well, uh, especially myself. So, <laughs> Oh, I got my timer going off here. <laughs> it's about that time to go. <laughs> uh, that'll wrap up episode 13 of the Barry Panthers pod. Evan Giddings, Mark Grandy. Again, you can follow us on Twitter at egiddings10, at Mark with a C, Grandy with an I. And we very much appreciate you locking in every single week this season. We'll be back next week as the Panthers hit the road for the first of three games they go down to Tucson, where they will face the Sugar Skulls before San Diego and Vegas in the next three weekends. Next time you can see them at home at SAP will be on July 9th against the defending champion Massachusetts Pirates. Marshawn Lynch bobblehead gave away that game, and uh, they'll wrap up the season with two home games, so make sure to go get your tickets now at BayAreaPanthers.com. Subscribe to the pod, rate the pod wherever you get your podcasts, follow us on the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network, and we'll talk to you next time. Take it easy, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Bay Area Panthers Pod, part of the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.